0: It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Friday, April 14th, your daily dose of Flyers news analysis and high quality content that absolutely can believe the last game of the season went to OT <laughs> it was a very Flyers thing.
1: We made it. That's that's all I know. We, we
0: survived. We did. And we are going to talk about that last game of the season with the OT win, plus give our quick hot takes for the end of this flyer season, all on today's show.
1: Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network,
0: your team every day. Hey there, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who is on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. We're also on Instagram there. That is where we post about the latest Flyers news and our episodes. You can also email the show at Lockdown Flyers at Gmail subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or anywhere you listen to podcasts to get the latest episode as soon as it's available here on the locked on podcast network, your team every day. Uh, Russ is correct. We we made it we did it. And so did you out there too. So give yourselves a round of applause for making it through this season. And thank you for hanging in there with us all season long absolutely appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, We try and have as much fun with it as possible uh, in these sorts of situations. And we're going to keep doing that, uh, including on today's show kind of wrapping up the season in a in a quick and dirty fashion. Uh, We talked on yesterday's show about Jonathan Taves and what was going on with him. I think that was the big news of the game, right? That Jonathan Taves is definitely not returning to the Black We didn't know
1: that for sure. We were surmising that.
0: They made it official yesterday and um, not sure what's ahead for him. Uh, We guessed he might retire due to some of the illness issues that he's had uh, post-COVID. But who knows? He may try and get a one-year deal somewhere.
1: He might. If he does, it's probably Winnipeg. But again, he really struggled. He, he, you know, he had a lot of his goals were early, like in the early part of the season. So we'll see. Uh, there's these mixed feelings that I get because we know everything that's going on with the Blackhawks. But mm-hmm. I cover a lot of guys and I've covered him very early on, you know, pre-draft and all of that. So, yeah, it was um, interesting to see him uh, play his last game as a Blackhawk.
0: On the Flyers side of things, uh, we had Tony D'Angelo scratched again as we knew. Uh Darrell Williams was behind the bench for the Flyers, as was Justin Braun's dad, which was yeah. super cool. Everything no, that, that was nice. Everything they did for Justin Braun was so lovely.
1: Yeah, he's been real good for them. You know, this is his last game, so good for him. He couldn't get that two hundredth point. I know. But whatever, they tried. It didn't happen. He had a good night, uh, and and that's good. You feel good about it because he was a real good guy and just a guy that showed up every game.
0: Yeah, exactly. Always did what was asked of him and, yep. you know, whether he got little ice time, no ice time, healthy scratched, um, or in this game where he played over 20 minutes because they were trying to get him that Played on the power point. play,
1: played three on three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: He got a solo lap like a rookie before the game. Uh, uh, Finishing his career, 842 games played, 199 points. Uh, Nice career. Yeah. Congratulations to Justin Braun on just a a real solid career. And I hope he's on to uh, some more good things in his life after this. Uh, It it was really interesting that I I felt like, I, I guess, because it was his last NHL game ever that, you know, Justin Braun got more um, deference and attention than JVR did, who's likely Mm -hmm. played his last game as a flyer. I mean, they talked about it a little bit, but it just kind of felt like a a regular, that's the way this business works sort of thing with JVR. And it wasn't as heartfelt, I would say.
1: Yeah. I, I, I mean, look, the expectations were much higher for JVR, and he didn't come through. Like, that's it. End of the day, he's a good guy. We could always say he's a good guy, but business-wise, point-wise, on the ice, he just didn't come through like he should have. That's all.
0: Yeah, I think that's, that's ultimately what it's been. And, you know, he works really hard in terms of staying in shape, and he's always, yeah.
1: There's, you know, there's some things that have improved in his game, but his scoring is just down, you know? Yeah. That's all.
0: Yeah, there, there's nothing more than that. I just thought it was interesting, given more about yeah, longevity right. with JVR and his relationship with the Flyers, how they kind of emphasize Braun over him. But um, as far as, you know, more about the game itself, it was good to see Travis Konechny and Noah Cates and Owen Tippett finishing strong uh, just because those are the guys that you want to be playing well kind of heading into this off season. Uh, Man, that lob pass by Owen Tippett in the third was very skilled. Like, I was very impressed by it.
1: Yeah, but I do have to say this. I mean, I know everybody is counting on Konechny to be this guy for them next year. He's only got two years left on his deal. Uh, At some point, they're going to have to decide whether they're actually going to keep him or they're actually going to trade him. And so, you know, that could be one of the hard decisions that happens in this offseason that not everybody's expecting to happen.
0: Yeah, I think that's a fair point. Uh, I I just think, you know, especially because TK got injured toward the end of the season to have him come back and have a two goal game.
1: No, no, it was good for him. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it, it, I'm sure he'll feel good about it. Uh, this was his best season. So, but yeah, I mean, you have to think about it now as far as trade value probably isn't going to be any higher. So they might have to test that.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure that one overtime goal will make Ivan Provorov's trade value go up, but we can certainly hope so.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I just don't feel like he's going to be traded, but you're right. Um, he this is the second overtime winner, I guess, he's had, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, good for him to try and finish it out strong. There's also mixed feelings with Ivan, but I, I've never taken away his playing from him. And, and
0: yeah.
1: he's, he's shown up every game, literally every game and you know he's never been benched the whole year so you know he made it
0: yep he did you know before the game started i thought it was a little weird that felix sandstrom was in net for it Mm -hmm. um I really thought they would have put Hart in there to cap off the season and just kind of put a stamp on it that Carter Hart is the number one goaltender on this team. And so, you know, un- unless he was hurt or something or a well, little. Why do
1: that? You don't even have your coach behind the bench. Everything's weird right now.
0: Yeah, that's it. Was just a a whole lot of weirdness.
1: Where have you ever seen in your life a coach not finish out the season behind the bench? The last last two games of the season he didn't finish out behind the bench where have you ever seen that before i never well, have in my whole life
0: i do want to talk about the goaltending though because i, I was but, surprised I just
1: want you to answer that question first though have you ever seen that in no. any no
0: no but and i think it was just part of the decision making and kind of where i was going with that is that I, I, before the game i really expected them to put carter hart in and i thought it was yeah. weird i still think it was very weird but. On the other hand, Felix Anström, I thought, played pretty well and made some incredible saves in this game. And I, he I, did. I that last
1: maybe wasn't his best, you know.
0: True, but I, I do think that it maybe did him a, a little bit of some small favors uh in terms of, you know, kind of in a Travis Konechny way of just kind of dotting eyes and crossing teeth. Yeah. Especially because true. he might be on the open market. And mm-hmm. so... You know, maybe the team was trying to do him a favor and say, We'll Mm -hmm. put you out there and and that's a possibility. And I hadn't really considered that before the game, but as the game went on and I saw how he was playing, I thought, well, maybe there's something to this here. Could be. Could be. Going back to the OT, I I do think it was kind of funny that first off, they had to do the one forward two D overtime structure because well, because Braun was out there and they needed another defenseman right. t- to play. So I didn't really fault them for it this time because there was some method to the madness there. Okay. But That's fair. I, but I just thought it was like kind of funny at the same time. It was funny. I
1: got a chuckle out of it.
0: Yeah, because we've it been sort of time. harping on that all season long. And the fact yeah, that... Um, you know, the Flyers just had struggled so much in OT this season and then their last two games, they win in overtime, which is funny in and of itself.
1: It is no doubt.
0: But, uh, at any rate, I I do think that it it was a a weird game in a pile of weird games in the NHL across the league with the Devils coming back versus Washington, but the Canes won the division anyway. Right, um, all, all that. Montreal just... almost won against Boston. Nashville got that OT winner against the Wild after it didn't matter for them and then the Pens losing to Columbus like just putting a um crap icing on the cupcake of this season for the Pens.
1: Yeah, their and whole glacier their it, whole glacier melted under their feet.
0: It did. And the and then it hurt Columbus too to win that yeah. game. It's just bizarre. Very bizarre night. Uh, That's the second to last night of the NHL season. There's a couple of games left uh, tonight. But uh, we have a bunch of hot takes on this season and we are going to get to them next. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. All right, before we get to our hot takes, just wanna give you a quick Phantoms update. Uh, Unfortunately, they lost to Bridgeport on Wednesday. Another weird game, Uh, six combined goals in the third period in that one between the two teams, but that puts the Phantoms back in the fourth place spot as of today. They face Charlotte tonight and Hershey tomorrow. Uh, Springfield have three games left. Providence versus Springfield is on Sunday that could determine things so we will uh, report back next Tuesday on our Phantoms Tuesday with how everything played out and where the Phantoms stand heading into the Calder Cup playoffs for the AHL as for the Flyers they finished the season 31 38 and 13 officially the seventh worst in the NHL so that means the Flyers will either have the 1st, the 2nd, the 7th, 8th, or ninth pick in the draft to be determined on May 8th. And uh, it's it's been a weird season, Russ. Uh, I think weird is the best word I have to describe it.
1: Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, you know, I have this gut feeling they'll either be 7 or 9. Um, but, you know, I know f- some fans wanted it them to have a better chance than that. And more um ping pong balls they chose to go a different way, so that's you know that's the way it sort of ended up. It's weird that the coach didn't end up behind the bench. I don't understand it uh it's weird that you know Tony D'Angelo gets scratched the last five games um we're not expecting him back next year now based on that um couldn't have pre- i mean can't say you couldn't have predicted that' because it's Tony d'Angelo, but um I would still say it was a little surprising uh you know I mean. This is the way things go sometimes at the end of seasons, and sometimes it's just not pretty. And, you know, there's a lot of things going on with the Flyers. There's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of things up in the air. Uh, I know there was this ton of optimism on the broadcast. I don't share a lot of that same optimism uh, I because I just I see what's in front and I've covered enough teams to know that. If nothing else, you've got to overcome the cat, and you know that's not being talked about in Flyers land right now.
0: Well, I I think as far as you know how how we're feeling in this very moment, I I would say you know, like I said, it's been a weird season, but also Mm -hmm. I, I just feel like there's so I feel like there's like there's a blank slate in front of us. I have no idea what is going to to transpire. There's so many, like you said, moving pieces and parts right now that literally anything could happen, I think. And so there's a lot of trepidation when that is the case, but there's also opportunity. And so it it could go in any direction. And so I I feel a little unsteady as as well.
1: Oh, unsteady is a good word. I mean, there's one thing um, that I'd like to point out since I generally look at statistics and things and, uh, there right now, the flyers are the fourth worst shooting percentage in the league and the same teams that we talked about that are the lottery teams other than Calgary are the same teams that are in that boat. And they really need to work on this. Like really, 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 because even if you're not sure what next season is going to be, If you improve your shot percentage, now, again, they're around 9%. The top of the league was like 11.8. You're never going to be at 11.8. But if you can improve by a half a percent, that's a lot more goals going your way. And it makes me wonder, um, you know, John Tortorella said that he wants guys to stick around this year. Well, if they stick around, you would hope that they have uh, a shooting coach with them this summer. And a few of those things, because it's not just one guy or two guys. I don't even want to single out anybody anymore because the whole team was at that number. You could look at Cam York. You could look at Owen Tippett. You could look at a lot of different guys who struggled hitting the net. And that's a big deal in this league.
0: Yeah. So speaking of John Tortorella, just, you know, total gut here. What kind of grade do you give him for this season?
1: Like the same one that Haley did, a C-. minus, Because, you know, he didn't fully install the culture that he wanted because there were guys that bucked it uh he i think started off really strong then it leveled out a little bit and then i think even he realized it's a much tougher job than what he was you know right around january i think is when it hit him that this is worse than i thought it was going to be and so i think all of a sudden he reset expectations for himself and the organization a bit and and now
0: there was around the time of the letter, right?
1: Yes. And and now it's kind of like he's not going to allow himself to think that, you know, Couturier and Atkinson are going to be fully healthy and back next year, which I don't blame him. Uh, Cause that's something that, you know, again, the biggest thing the Flyers have done the last two years is hoping players will be back like Ryan Ellis. Like, you know, and it's just, you know, at some point you have to just see it. And if you don't see it, you can't plan for it. So a lot of that is, is weird and the fact that the coach has already drawn up uh lineups next year with some of the guys that are out out um is odd to me because you know he didn't talk about any possible additions all he talked about were subtractions and to me that's a little weird you you know that you you're not your whole team is not going to be comprised of what you have here. If it is, then Danny briere is not going to have to do anything over the summer because all he's going to be doing is trying to move bad contracts and get draft picks. And everybody you see, uh, there might be three or four missing, and then you're going to fill it in with Phantoms. We know that that's not going to happen. But that's sort of the impression that he gave like, hey, I've got these guys that they're no longer in my lineup, but like, who are you replacing them with, John? Like, it, it's just that all stuff is weird to me.
0: Yeah, I mean, like keeping sort of the focus on this season that has passed, I think you're right that there was this shift in Tortorella and what his expectation for the season was going to be. And I think that's where he lost the ability to communicate effectively because he Mm -hmm. knew there had to be a shift, but he didn't know to what for a little bit. And I think, you know, while in the first half of the season, even if you didn't like what he was doing or saying, you knew where everything stood. And I felt like after the letter and, you know, once he kind of figured out he had to change direction, there wasn't as clear communication, I think. Made it seem like players didn't understand where they stood uh, sometimes and things would change. Like just the, emotional shifts of who was in and who was in the doghouse, right. I think was a bit of a whirlwind. And so that's where I think my biggest problem was, is that there wasn't like he didn't give people enough of a chance, right to to a large degree. So that that is my biggest criticism of, mm-hmm. of Tortorella. But I think he did a lot of good things too, as far no, as and a few guys developed uh, really nicely this season, I think. So, you know, pros and cons, but I think the cons kind of outweighed the, the pros to a, a slight degree, in my opinion. So maybe I would give him a B minus instead of a C or C minus, but definitely uh, good and bad there. Uh, do you have like one thing about this season that was the weirdest thing? It's
1: how it just ended. Like the season just ended with the coach not being behind the bench. That is the weirdest thing. The, it's symbolic. Like The coach is supposed to be behind the bench. He is the leader of those guys. And the fact that he isn't was just weird to see. Like, I don't get it.
0: So that yeah. was what's weird. I mean, there are many weird things. So there's a lot yeah. to choose from here. I think for, for me, it, this maybe a little niche, but the weirdest thing for me was the waiver wire pickups that are no longer with the team. I think there are so many. And, um, you know, Lucas Sedlak bouncing, and, you know, and then, you know, Kiefer Bellows getting picked up, and he's the one that stuck around, but clearly was in the doghouse. So, what did that matter? And it was just uh, Zach McEwen is now off to greener pastures. Like, it's just a weird, weird uh season as far as you know random pickups and and roster tweaks you lost the
1: nick Steeler bet again i won it as far as how many games played
0: yeah that is true that is very true (laughs) all right well we're going to talk a little bit more about some of our end of season hot takes including some uh, specific player thoughts coming up next All right, Russ. So knowing what we know now, and knowing that there's this big blank whiteboard for this team, uh, who are your keepers on this team? Not who will they, but who are your keepers?
1: Noah Cates, Morgan Frost, uh, still Ivan Provorov, Carter Hart. Those are the uh, the main ones. After that, anything's up for grabs. Uh, Owen Tippett, you keep. I, I I think that's you know pretty obvious. I just didn't Sam quick enough, but anybody else is up for grabs. Like they just are. And I, um, I look at it like if a team calls me and they're going to give me a really good offer for somebody that I wasn't sure if I'm going to trade, I'd probably have to do it. Like that's, that's how I'd have to be this off season.
0: Yeah. It's interesting. I think Carter Hart is, is a keeper for me. Um, In addition to most to those names that you said, um, Mm -hmm. the the interesting factor for me is Sean Couturier because I would have said like if he's healthy going into next season, which it seems like he will be, you know, unless something weird happens over the summer, which knock on wood, I don't know, could happen. Um, But I, I think that if he's healthy and somebody wants to take a chance on him and you can get a good return. I mean, 7.75 for a guy like him for a 1C is a good deal. So Yeah, but the
1: only thing is he hasn't played, so nobody's going to do it because they haven't seen him in two years. I
0: know. And that's Almost the thing. So, so that's why he sort of feels like a keeper, but right. it's not like 100% set in stone right. for me. But uh, I think he feels like a keeper. I don't even want to talk about Cam Atkinson because who the hell knows? Right now on the other side of the fence who do you trade no matter the return like even if it's a bag of pucks or future considerations like who do you get off the roster
1: i mean tony d'angelo's first guy off like that's symbolically he has to be the first guy gone uh even to the point where that's the guy i have to buy out because it's only a one year then that's the guy i have to buy out but hopefully if i eat half the salary someone will take him for some sort of draft pick and that's fine. I'm just not giving up a draft pick to get rid of him. I'm not doing that for anybody. Then mm-hmm. the next guy's Kevin Hayes, but I don't think there's a huge market for Kevin Hayes. So again, you're now going to have to have salary retention for at least a couple of years of his deal. Cause I think he has three left. Yep. And yeah, again, if I just get a draft pick, fine, whatever that might be, I'll do it, but I don't hold out great hope that that's going to happen. Uh, I'll shop around Travis Sandheim because maybe somebody is still looking for him and thinks he could do better elsewhere because right now, he's been shaky. He's been very, very shaky. I'll listen to offers on Risto. I I feel like while he has improved, I don't necessarily feel like he's a keeper here uh, because, again, you might not get a better year than this out of him and you might need to trade him for the value he's at. So we'll see. I mean, he's not gonna hurt you if he stays. So those are guys that that I'm really focused on. And they connect me if I got a great deal, I have to listen to it because for all intents and purposes, I mean, even if in a couple years the cap goes up, let's say, three to five million, is he gonna be the guy you focus on to spend that extra money? I don't know because, again, he'll be a couple years older, uh, while he's having a good year and this is probably his career year, uh I would this looks like his career year to me. Uh again, you look at him a sixty point guy. I know he was heard of some games and people can say whatever, but he's not an eighty point guy. And so like if he is your best top liner, let's say and we don't know I don't know what's gonna happen with Couturier, then I might need the money more than I need Travis Connecting because again, he's a really good second liner for somebody. So that's he's going to be a tough decision at some point, but it might not happen this year.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, as far as the who do you trade no matter the return for me, that is definitely Tony D'Angelo, like for sure. Um, Like I will take a bag of pucks for that guy as long as somebody will take him in the salary like that is that is fine um as far as uh fly who on the team has like the right vibes for what we want the future of this team to look like just going on vibes uh for me that is 100 percent scott lawton i don't want him going anywhere i i know it's possible and it's not like it's a make or break thing in you know in reality but just based on vibes i think scott lawton is the philadelphia flyers and exactly what I want out of a Philadelphia Flyers player. Sure,
1: yeah, based, based on vibes, him, him, Morgan Frost for sure.
0: uh Oh, and Frost, Tippett.
1: Yeah, Tippett, but Tippett really does have to improve, and because he's not going to get these kind of minutes. No, but every, we're
0: not talking about improving. You know, just we're just talking about good. vibes.
1: All right, that's fine. I'll give you those three.
0: All right. I kind of also think Risto has Flyers vibes, but. No, he's
1: like in between, you know, it's like Mm. he doesn't have any vibe right now, to be honest.
0: Well, that's that's probably true to some degree. (laughs) You don't need
1: him much at a risk though, which sometimes is great, but you know you just don't.
0: Yeah. And then who do you think has made the most of their opportunities this season?
1: Good question. Uh I think Frost has, I think to some degree Cam York, but he really did slip the last like three weeks. But I think to some degree Cam York, uh, you know Tippett for sure, because yeah. he got all the ice time. You know maybe Sam Urson, but I do think they're they're building him up too much right now. I would say those guys.
0: Yeah, I think um, you know Noah Cates. I think making the position change to center. I think that was a real uh, challenge. I don't, I don't feel like
1: that's permanent. I'm not there yet.
0: Well, but I think, in terms of this season and what he was asked oh, to I, do and what kind of ice fair. time he was given, I think he he did a tremendous job, like really he did a really good
1: job no buckling question.
0: down and and learning the center position or relearning the center position. I
1: feel like he could score more though, if he's not a center. That's the thing,
0: yeah, that may be true. Uh, I, I just think he did uh, I think above and beyond uh, he did. He, this season. And so I, I appreciate that out of him. Um, I think, you know, there are lots more things to talk about with this team in this offseason. We will, of course, be doing that. But if you out there have your own hot takes at the end of this season, uh, let us know. You can post it as a comment on this show on YouTube. You can email us or uh, tweet us at On Flyers. Comment on our Instagram post at the same time handle and uh, maybe we'll talk about some of them on the show if you send them our way uh, next week we're going to get into the locker clean out news uh, Danny Breer's end of season presser we've got the phantoms playoff preview more prospect profiles so much leading up to the draft lottery on May 8th and then the draft itself free agency it's going to be a, a wild ride this summer and I hope you'll uh, stick with us for mm-hmm. that ride, uh, we will have a lot of good stuff your way. As a reminder, you know, we do always want to hear from you. So, like I said, uh, pop those questions our way. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter @rmiriam, R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russell, at R Miriam.
1: That's R M I R I A M. I'm Russum at Sportsology, S P O R T S O L O G Y.
0: Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen today. Now make your next listen game to game NHL. It's every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NHL with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. It's on the Locked On NHL feed anywhere you get your podcasts. Have a great weekend, everybody.